he has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Welcome back. Welcome, 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 welcome. Your dreams were your ticket. If you went out, it's time to be back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Round number two, Watchdog Morning Show for a Thursday. It's 8.09, nine minutes after the hour, 51 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 47 at the Highlands, 42 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 46 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Mixture of sun and clouds this morning, probably more sun by afternoon. Daytime high around 70, maybe slightly into the 70s, 48 for the overnight low. Tomorrow pretty much the same as today, but then weekend's going to be rainy and... Um, Saturday in particular is going to be just complete washout, according to Adam Fike, over at the Big 7 WTRF-TV. Um, coming up in the next hour of the show, I want to talk a bit about the House Speaker race in uh, the U.S. Capitol. Got some thoughts from Bob Nay. Bob sent them in to us. He's not with us today, but sent me a couple of thoughts that I'll share with you, and we'll talk about um, how likely is it they're going to get through this without another big battle like they did in January, trying to get Kevin McCarthy appointed to the speakership. We'll talk about that. Uh, also, yesterday I talked a bit about holiday shopping, or I previewed holiday shopping. We didn't get to it, but I'm going to try and get to that today. And uh, the gubernatorial race in West Virginia, uh, campaign finance reports have been filed. So we'll talk. That's coming up next hour. In a minute or two, the Moundsville mayor and manager are going to be here to talk to us about yeah, stuff going on in the Moundsville area. But first, a uh, couple of items off the Frio Stack auction service text line, Bob, 304-214-1600. Um, we were talking about the lottery jackpot, and your, I, I think actually a great idea that every state ought to have a guaranteed winner every jackpot. And it could fluctuate, I guess, based on how big the the big jackpot is. You know, it might be if it's just a small big jackpot, maybe it's only 10,000 per state. If it's one three-quarter billion, it should be a million in every state. I think that would motivate more people to play. I think you you hit you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Texter says a big lotto hit twice in West Virginia. Of course, remember Jack Whitaker, 300 million. It was more of a curse than a win for him, to be brutally honest with you. Uh, and then I forgot about this one. Some employees of the county government offices in Morgantown won like $50 million and they split that money. So that's. Have you also noticed it doesn't seem to be as many splits as there used to be? I ain't split with nobody, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't mean like give it away, but I, you know, it, it, usually, it used to be you get three or four people who hit the number. Now it's just, it, lately it's been one person hits the number. Like this in, in California, one person hit the jackpot last night. They'll get it all for themselves. One and three-quarter billion or $756 million if they take the cash uh, lump sum payout. We were talking about um, a study that I came across uh, last night that says one of the places in America where the rich and the poor, I don't like to use that phrase, but the upper class, lower class kind of mixed together in a, in a single setting uh, are restaurants and bars and taverns. Bob also suggested uh, sporting events, and I think that's actually pretty good as well. Off the Frio Stack auction service text line, snotty, stuffy people are going to be snotty, stuffy people wherever they go. <laughs> no, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't either. I, having, know, I know a couple honky-tonks. They're going to leave that on the outside of the door before they walk in. Having money is not indicative of being snotty or stuffy. I would agree. I mean, I know a lot of people who are very wealthy, and they're not. They're certainly not snotty or, or stuffy. You would agree with me on that. We both know some sure. folks that, you know. You wouldn't have any idea. And they're, you know, they're, they they even well, they will even talk to us. Then you look at me and you say, man, that is that guy's down on his <laughs> luck. Look at him. But the reverse is also true, though. The reverse is also true. Um, I remember the story told by my old good friend Joe DiCarlo from the old jewelry and watch company. Not old. It's still there in downtown Wheeling. It's been decades ago now. Uh, this guy came in, you know, ripped T-shirt, old jeans, just looked like a bum. And and he said, I've got a I've got a watch and it, it isn't working. Can you fix it? And he says, I've taken it to all the different jewelers around town, and they said, Well, it's just not worth it to them. And Joe said, Yeah, 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 sure, give it to me. I'll fix it. It was like a ten cent project. He said, yeah, Here, no problem, no problem. Next time the guy came back was in a limo at Christmas time, and he pretty much bought out the entire jewelry store. <laughs> it was Mylan Pushkar. Oh, Mylan Pushkar. Oh, wow. 
But first time you saw him, he was just just a guy off the street. Treated him well. Next thing you know, that was uh, so you just never know. So it's like, Bob, guys who wear these checkered suits and uh, neat ties and have a tie tack and everything. Sharp-dressed man. Sharp-dressed people like Rick Healy can maybe still be a real honest-to-goodness-down-to-earth person, right? Uh, we'll see. That honky-tonk I'm talking about, Howard, we'll see after we, we go in and have a couple Bud Lights. You know, uh, you, you said to me recently that uh, if, if I had gone with you and Shane down to uh, Fish Creek to the honky Viola, talk, yes. Viola, I'm sorry. Okay. I would have to... Uh, have dressed a bit differently because they think I was a revenue. Revenue, yes. <laughs> so I think if Rick were to go there, probably he wants to change things. And Sarah just looks, you just look nice. That's all. Thank you. you. Know, I would I would not begin to judge your status. I mean, that's a good thing. By how you dress. You just look nice. Thank you. I wouldn't call you homeless. No. You know? No. Um, but I, I wouldn't know if you live in a mansion or, you know, a nice house on a, on a pleasant street. Bob and I might get m- misunderstood. <laughs> They might think that we are. There's a homeless guy right there. <laughs> we, 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 we are homeless. All right. 814, 14 after the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show. The uh, Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline is open at 304-214-1600. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for the little gift that you brought us. Right, Bob? It's great. That's what I was telling Rick. We're, we're, you and I are taking notes all the time, and I can leave that right here. That's mine. I mean, the two things that I love probably the most in the world, other than my grandson, are, are <laughs> notebooks and pens. <laughs> My daughter-in-law frequently travels to London, and she always says, what do you want me to bring you from? I said, bring me. She always brings me a notebook from Cambridge. She goes to Cambridge. <laughs> bring me a notebook from Cambridge and a pen from Cambridge, because I, I love notes. So thank you guys. You're for welcome. You can never have too many of either. No, no, no. And you just you leave it around, and it, and it works. How are you guys doing? Doing good, well. Good. Very well. We're excited to be back. How's Moundsville doing? Okay. Oh, it's great. Doing okay? Yes. <laughs> great. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. Because I I'm, I know that Rick for sure, and I imagine Sarah too. Give me one paragraph you use if somebody calls and says we're from Bloody Bloody Company. We've got a couple places we're considering moving to. We heard Moundsville might be a nice place. Give me the one paragraph that you would use to 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 entice them to consider Moundsville further. I'll use the phrase that I uh, frequently use when I speak to groups and talk to people, and that's quality of life. I think that we offer a very high and very good quality of life. And I, I can take that from parks and recreation that we've had improvements in, massive improvements over the last five years, uh, all the way through the, um, and, and Sarah will probably comment on the arts and culture events mm-hmm. that we're doing. Um, nice neighborhoods. Um, one of our local merchants uh, has, comments regularly that, you can get everything you need in Moundsville. Uh, you don't really have to go outside of Moundsville. And so while we, we do struggle in a certain areas, uh, I think that's right. And so, yeah, I think quality of life is very nice in Moundsville. And we, we, appreciate, uh, we appreciate people. Uh, people are nice, and we're, we're glad to have anybody come in. And I think probably a lot of the average citizen of the Upper Hall Valley doesn't understand how important quality of life is to somebody who's a business considering locating somewhere. Absolutely. Um, they, they want quality of life for their employees, quality of life for themselves. Uh, I would assume that includes things like uh, school systems and sure. so on. It's all Absolutely. quality of life. Sarah, would you concur? I do. Rick and I both always talk about quality of life and what that means. And when you're looking to open a business in a community, like you said, you want to make sure that that community is a great place to raise a family if your employees have children. So you want to make sure that it has a good school system. Marshall County Schools is wonderful. We have good parks and rec. We have events for families and children, events for adults. Um, we have great uh, mom and pop locally owned stores. We have larger box stores as well. So again, like Rick said, you can get everything that you need in Moundsville. I had a friend um, move from Ohio to this area and her and her husband have uh, five kids. And she said one of the, <laughs> a lot of kids, yeah. Bless her heart. <laughs> yes. And one of her favorite things about Moundsville is she said she doesn't often have to leave. She can get everything that she needs right in the community. And that's really convenient to her. That's good. So the retail is, uh, it's a mixed retail. It is. And, and that's good. We often talk about Jefferson Avenue because I love the local small independent hometown businesses, but there are big box stores, there are chains there and so on. So you have, you have a good mix. Uh, you, the second part of my question you just almost took, which was uh, one thing is to get a recall from a business. 
What, do you, what about somebody who's just thinking about moving there, and just a family, says, I think I'd like to move to Moundsville. What do you tell them? I think it's a similar answer. I yeah. think it's all about quality of life, that the city has invested a lot in those public good type of services. We want our citizens to be safe. We want them to have fun activities to do in the community. Um, we want them to be healthy. And we have really put a focus on infrastructure, paving, parks and rec, arts and culture, public safety, um, and making the community as welcome and friendly as we can. We are an open and responsive city government. You can reach us all at any time. Um, I make my personal cell phone number public. Rick's available. Um, so, you know, very easy to get a hold of. And I think um, that's a benefit when moving to a city as well, that you know who to ask your questions to. And if you have an issue, you know that we're going to help you solve it. The uh, arts area is an area that was particularly important to you. You were on, I don't know if you are, you were on the arts and culture, I don't know what you yes. call it, the Arts and Culture Alter Commission, yes. basically, mm-hmm. uh, which helped to bring a lot of, of new and different events to, to, the, to the, the whole, all of Moundsville, but I think in particular to Jefferson Avenue. And when we first started that in 2019, I'm the chair of the Arts and Culture Commission. We have nine total individuals, so two council representatives and then seven citizens. And one of the first things we heard was that we needed more activities for children and families in Moundsville. So that's what we started with. Um, We do movie nights. We do arts and crafts events like pumpkin painting. Um, We have an outdoor movie night coming up on Saturday, which is not going to be great weather. Yeah, (laughs) but what's the? I saw that. What's the movie? It's a good movie. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Yeah, we always Halloween movie. We always let the community vote on the movies because these are for them. So we want to make sure we're doing what they want to attend and showing what they want to see. So I'm going to offer you a a piece of advice. Okay. Don't ask Bob and I. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, this is a family movie. No, no, it's not that. Back when Wheeling started their uh, Riverfront movie nights, and it's been a long time ago, right, Bob? Oh, geez, 15 years at least, maybe 20. Susie Nelson, now with the Community Foundation, but mm-hmm. Susie was with uh, the city. And uh, Bob and I got talking about what a, the funniest movie. The, it was the funniest movie of all time, Bob. Can't the, miss. You can't miss. A, can't miss. Everybody will laugh and laugh. It's so hilarious. And it was the, uh, the old classic movie, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. And Susie said, well, that's great. I, that's wonderful. Then that's going to be it. It's going to be the funniest movie. And they played it. And I don't think anybody laughed. <laughs> I well, have not seen that movie. No, nah, I don't bother. Don't well, it came out like in 1960, <laughs> and it's like three and a half hours long. It has an intermission. Oh, yeah. It's so long, and we didn't think about that. Well, we, we what was funny in 1960 to us wasn't quite as funny. In, what, I want to check it out, though, Sarah. So. We might I, have to pass that one for the I outdoor so. movie yeah. night for yeah. now. Yeah, we'll come I'm back just saying, that. you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Sometimes Bob and I can give you good ideas. Bob's taking smart pills today. He's been throwing one good idea out after another. That was not one of our best. That was, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you that. Our 821-21 after the hour here, Rick Healy and uh, Sarah Woods with us this morning, the Moundsville manager and mayor. I want to talk. Now, we talked about the quality of life and good stuff, but, Rick, I saw where you wanted to have a town hall meeting on, I don't call crime, but on. Yeah, cr- crime's not the, the best word. I think that's the way it was worded in the newspaper. But, <clears throat> pardon me, we've got a. Um, I want to take a break, and then we'll talk about it. But okay, perfect. That, so, yeah, I, I'd like to talk I about I want to that. go to that. We'll do that coming up next. 822, 22 after the hour here. Watch Dog Morning Show. It's a Thursday. On the last talk line on Metro News, Tony Fabrizio, he's the pollster for the Justice for Senate campaign on the numbers that show justice with a huge lead over Republican Alex Mooney in the race for the Senate. Even in Mooney's home congressional district, uh, Governor Justice leads him 58-27. So if Mooney can't win where they know him best, where can he win? Keep up on what's happening in West Virginia Talk Line. Weekdays at 10.06 right here on this Metro News radio station. Talk to you then. Motto Mortgage Valor is a locally owned and operated mortgage brokerage where they can shop your loan to multiple lenders with just one credit pull. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a real estate investor looking to expand your portfolio, they have you covered. Connected to a large network of lenders and a vast selection of loan products, they can match your unique needs and qualifications with the perfect loan options available. Unlike banks and retail lenders, they have access to an expansive menu of loan products and credit scenarios to help a wider range of borrowers and investors. Motto Mortgage Valor, offering you more loan products than anyone in the area. Call 304-905-8525. The NFL is in full swing. College football is underway. High school rivalries are back. And the boys of summer are still swinging their bats. It is a great time of the year to be talking sports. And we are giving you one more way to do it. 
the good old boys on sports with Baron Bob. Join Baron Bob Saturday mornings at 8 for sports coverage, conversation, and your calls. The good old boys on sports with Baron Bob, now part of the all sports Saturday mornings, only on the Watchdog. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant. With Bob Slider behind the board, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Eight twenty-five, twenty-five after the hour. It's the Watchdog Morning Show for a Thursday morning. Fifty-one at the airport, forty-seven at the Highlands, forty-two in Elm Grove, and forty-six here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Uh, Moundsville's manager Rakili is here. Uh, Mayor Sarah Woodshaw is here as well. Uh, Bob, they brought us these nice notebooks as I mentioned. I'd like to feel that I could put my name on this and leave it here in the studio and be only be used by me. How how <laughs> wise is that of my me to do that? You remember what day it is, right, Howard? Today's Thursday. That's uh, yeah. Donnie's here. Yeah, Donnie's here. yeah. Today, this yes. wouldn't even make it. Wouldn't even make it through one day. Would <laughs> no, it? I wouldn't. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll put it in my go home with me and bring it back tomorrow <laughs> pile. Uh, guys, Rick, every, most of the time when I read something about you in the paper, we talk, it's very positive. We mm-hmm. talked about quality of life, good, you know, the, the, lots of playgrounds and recreation stuff going on. I was a little bit surprised to hear you suggest that there ought to be a town hall meeting on, again, I, I, I don't want to call it crime because I think that's maybe not the best phrase, but uh, th- that side of, of, of Moundsville as well. Right. Well, let's face the facts, Howard. Um you know, part of what my job is as a city manager and, and council told me they wanted me to be the face of the city when they hired me. So part of that job is to be positive and bring positivity back to the city. And I think we've done that very well. Um, but we have to be realistic that we have our problems like everybody else does. Um, as Sarah said, I'm approachable uh, and I hear from citizens all the time not only on social media, but when I go to the store or I'm out, you know, at the playground with my grandkids or something, I hear people talk about things. And we've, we've, got, we've got some problems in Moundsville like all communities do, and I think we need to address those. Um, and and I, I think there's a real – it's a bigger issue because we, we have the police that need to patrol and, and, and stop these things. We have the – uh, prosecutors, both city and county, that need to take these uh, things seriously and prosecute them. And we have the judges, again, who need to say, you know, we can't continue to do this. Um, we have um, a, a group of um, bicyclists, uh, bikers, who roam the city, um, often nightly. And um, there's nothing good that happens between midnight and five. Nothing. My old friend Biff used to always say, nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we're citizens are at their most vulnerable time. Uh, We're all asleep in our beds. The lights are out uh, and, and it's dark. And so part of our job as a city is to protect our residents. So these folks aren't hurting anybody. But they may be roaming alleys, going through trash cans, or picking up things that are in the streets, and and I don't I don't like that, and I hear that so much from citizens. So what I'd like to do would be to pull together myself, city council, uh, our our police chief and lieutenant, our city prosecutor, our city judge, magistrates, 
the uh, circuit court judges into one venue and, and discuss these things. And, and let's see what we can do, because we often hear that phrase, well, Rick, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't go for there's nothing we can do about that. There is something we can do. Now, everybody has due process. Everybody deserves that. Can we just stop somebody because they're on a bike? Of course we no. can't. But, but what can we do? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But I think this town hall will allow us to have those folks, the prosecutors, the judges, hear from our citizens, and then them tell us what can we do. Are we doing something wrong? What can we do to take care of this? Are, are you talking primarily about is, is, quote, crime in the city primarily what I would call nuisance crimes? That's the kind of thing you're talking about. I, I, absolutely. Uh, I mean, do you have problems – do you have unusual or extensive problems with drugs or vandalism or burglaries, or is this mainly nuisance crime you're no, talking uh, about? Burglaries are minimal. Uh, you know, vicious crimes are minimal. It's, it's Moundsville's a safe place to live. Uh, these are nuisance crimes. Uh, these are crimes that, again, I don't even like to call them crimes, but when people are roaming streets in the middle of the night, going through trash cans, uh, digging things out, dragging them around, I, I, it, that that's just there's something that's not right about that and but it's my bothering. liberal leanings tell me you got to be careful about intruding on people you know absolutely the truth of the matter is and i get nervous when i see the wrong people out sure by the way i shouldn't even use that phrase the wrong people yeah but when i see people outside my house at night i get nervous too but truth of the matter is we have a right to sure to, so you got to be very careful which absolutely. i guess you'll probably hear from the judges and the and, yeah. the, and the prosecutors yeah and so, and, and so maybe in the end Rick, Rick Healy finds out there is nothing we can do. Eh, I hope that's not where we end up. But um, I think we owe this to the citizens because I hear about it so much. And Rick, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of your main goals with this is information sharing. Absolutely. So you want all of those pieces from police all the way up to judge in the same room to talk about the issue so each is understanding maybe the challenges or limitations of the other and then citizens there as well because we get the complaints from citizens so we want them to hear when you make a complaint this is the process right. that it goes through just so everyone is on the same page and, and understands you probably hear as i hear up here in wheeling all the time citizens who say well the police don't do anything sure and you say well but do you do you report it you know do you let them know i mean sometimes it's a two-way street too often quite you know, often uh citizens have to have a some responsibility for for speaking up and and explaining what's going on. and maybe this is a good opportunity to do that to share that kind yeah, of absolutely you know uh, on three weeks in a row i've had somebody going through my trash cans or, i think it's worth a shot because if nothing else howard uh, residents will will see that the city cares. We do care. We do care what the residents think. We do care what their concerns are, and this gives them an opportunity to speak out and 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 let them know we do care. We want to know about it. We're not putting it on the back burner. Talking to Wheeling's, uh, not Wheeling's, Moundsville's man. Monday, we, uh, <laughs> Monday, Wheeling manager uh, Bob Heron will be here in studio with us. But today, Moundsville's manager Rick Healy and Moundsville's mayor Sarah Woodshaw are here with us as part of the. I'm going to try and do this on a fairly regular basis. The manager and the mayor uh, gathering here in the studio, 832, 28 till the hour. Let's stick with this whole arena of, again, air quotes, crime, if you will. We in Wheeling are having huge debates over the homeless. Mm -hmm. I don't hear, now it may not be, it may purely be the way the media covers this. I don't know. I don't hear a lot of concern about that or problems with the homeless in Moundsville. We do not have as many social services that are available in Moundsville as are in Wheeling, especially shelters. So generally when we have someone that's homeless, you know, we might hear about it once in a while. Maybe someone is sleeping under the bridge for a period of time or back near Kroger. But um, it is not something that we hear about as, as a consistent issue that our citizens are having. So generally if an individual is struggling with housing, they will come to Wheeling because those services are available, whether it be at the Salvation Army or they can work with the Homeless Coalition or different resources. So, so we, don't have, we don't have that issue um, as much as Wheeling does just because of, of lack of services for individuals i would say i agree with that yeah i think the we don't we don't see it howard uh we don't hear about it from our police uh we don't really hear much about it from residents uh, as sarah said we do know occasionally we we have somebody there but they may be transient they're on their way through somewhere and they they move on so 
uh, we're, we're fortunate from that aspect. But uh, that, So you get, and I, I'm, I'm using terms that may not be quite right, you get occasional vagrants, people under the bridge, if you will. Yeah. But you don't, Moundsville doesn't have a problem with them as Wheeling does with these homeless camps, uh, no. you know, multiple uh, homeless folks sitting up no, under the bridge, not. that kind of thing. No, we do not. And we ask our police chief about mm-hmm. this pretty regularly um, if he, he, he hears about this being an issue. Well, or he would it. know. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your, your thought is that simply, be, not simply, but partly because the services for the homeless are not here, the here meaning Moundsville, are not in Moundsville that the homeless are less likely to come there. Right. All right, all right, interesting. interesting. Particularly the overnight services, I would say, because we do have a soup kitchen. We have uh, the Salvation Army comes down on Tuesdays and Thursdays to the community. We have some nonprofits, but, but just not the extent of what is available. Well, it's important. Uh, now, I, this is me speaking with my personal perspective. It's important to draw the distinction between services that help low-income people, mm-hmm. like the soup kitchen. You don't have to be homeless to right. use the soup right. kitchen right. or to use no Catholic charities. Or, at all. Right, exactly. So there's a difference between those social services and the kind that are shelters mm-hmm. or sp- the free shelter that's going to be opening right. up here in right. Wheeling. Those yeah, we have none of those. Okay. And, and I think another important, Rick, I want to go back to um, your town hall. I think another aspect of that that I would like to talk about briefly is no one, very few people commit a crime because they they want to commit a crime. They're either struggling with mental health issues or they're struggling with substance use issues. And I think we as a city try to do what we can to address both of those two on the flip side mm-hmm. of speaking about um, the prosecution and um, the judge side of that. We have a post-overdose response team that we work with YSS on. So if an individual has a non-fatal overdose, someone is following up with that individual from 24 to 72 hours. And that's something that the city has been That's through YSS you do that? Yes, yes. It started as a joint partnership between the city and YSS. YSS has a full-time coordinator um, for Marshall and Wetzel County. So they work with the local police departments very closely with Chief Tom Mitchell, and he provides that information. They go out. Um, if an individual has that non-fatal overdose, sees if they're ready for treatment. They can help them with other resources, like if they have uh, food insecurity, um, what have you. They can work through all of that with them. If they're not ready for treatment at that time, they will follow up with them later because maybe they are a month, two months down the road. So they keep that friendly relationship so when that person is ready for help, they know a friendly face that they can come to and get that help. So that's something that we've engaged in as the city. Um, also learning about all of the services that Northwood has available with their mobile crisis unit. We have a meeting with them next week. They're covering Ohio and Marshall County. So if the police have a call where it's mental health related, they can call Northwood. It's a 24-hour line, and they will send a mental health technician with the police to follow up on this call to hopefully de-escalate that situation. So we try to look at it from that perspective, too, where we're helping our citizens that are struggling with those issues. That is the tension that many cities have right now, and Moundsville does apparently, and certainly Wheeling is doing it as well. The tension between recognizing that to a large extent people who do bad things are not bad people and so how do we help those people whether it's homeless people on drugs what have you the tension between that and the reality that citizens just want the damn thing to stop right right you know and that's that's a that's that's a hard thing to reconcile which may be one of the things that that, that needs to be talked about uh, and I, I i the more i'm thinking about now what you're, what you're talking about this town hall it would make sense. Let's have prosecutors. Let's have the judges. Mm-hmm. Why do we do this? You know, right. I, I'm, I don't know this is a, a case, but this is a stereotype that why do we let too many people out too soon? Yeah. Or why do we not sentence them to tougher sentences? There may be answers to that. So. Well, citizens only see what affects them. So if, if a citizen feels like somebody's doing something wrong, why aren't they arrested? Why aren't they cited? Why aren't they put in jail? Why aren't they prosecuted? Well, there's reasons a lot of times to that. So they don't know that, and, and I hope this gives them an idea to hear that. 8.37.23 to the hour. Uh, Moundsville's mayor and manager here in studio with us on the Watchdog Morning Show for a Thursday. Uh, last time you and I talked, Rick, was right after the uh, town hall meeting on, on uh, public transit, the mm-hmm. possibility of a bus levy. I want to see uh, what kind of feedback you may have gotten over the last few weeks since we've talked about that and more coming up here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this October the 12th. 
Some continuing coverage this morning, the trial of Garson Taylor, the ex-fire chief of Benwood, is drawing the eyes of the entire Ohio Valley. The jury selection took a whole day, leaving 12 jurors out of 75 candidates. The selected jurors took their oaths and went back to their homes. The jury will be back in court this morning at 9 a.m. Taylor faces five charges, including endangering others recklessly, choking someone, assaulting a family member, escaping in a car, and resisting arrest. Back in April, Seven News was on the scene of Taylor's long-hour standoff with police after ignoring their order to halt. His wife had a bloodied face and neck bruises. Police say Taylor had a bulletproof vest, helmet, and many guns and bullets. And 7 News is your local election headquarters. Early voting has begun for the upcoming general election in Ohio, where two statewide issues will be on the ballot. Issue 1 is a constitutional amendment that would enshrine abortion access and other reproductive rights into the state constitution. And Issue 2 is a proposed statute that would legalize marijuana for adults 21 years old and older. Absentee ballot requests must be submitted by October 31st. Early in-person voting goes until 5 p.m. on November 5th. You will need a photo ID to vote in this election. And a bill that proponents say would preserve the Second Amendment in Ohio is moving forward in the Ohio House. The Second Amendment Preservation Act was revised for the 12th time at a hearing on Tuesday. The bill would prohibit and fine local law enforcement agencies that knowingly enforce federal gun laws that do not align with Ohio's Second Amendment laws. Among the biggest changes, a clarification that the state will allow local law enforcement to work with federal agencies and enforce federal laws in some instances. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. We'll I'm Tither Long. Working. Familiar faces on the Houston sideline tonight when the Mountaineers and Cougars meet. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story and more coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. Hello and welcome to The Kroger Show. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home, giving you more time to enjoy your tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Houston, where tonight the Mountaineers and the Cougars meet on a football field for the very first time. First time, yes, but familiar faces dot that Houston sideline. Four former Mountaineers will see action, including the team's leading pass catcher, Sam Brown. Expect carries for running back Tony Mathis, who departed WVU in the offseason quite simply because the running back room at West Virginia was just too full. We'll also see tight end Mike O'Laughlin, who has dealt with three season-ending knee injuries during his career. And on defense, Noah Guzman, a super senior, who's listed as third on the depth chart. But there's more. Seven different staff members from West Virginia now on the Houston staff. And, of course, that includes head coach Dana Holgerson. I asked current Mountaineer coach Neil Brown yesterday just how he thought Holgerson would attack the Mountaineers. Brown thinks he'll try to take advantage of his receiver's skill and his quarterback's ability to run. That means a lot of empty backfield sets that will force West Virginia to defend receivers with linebackers and give quarterback Donovan Smith bigger running lanes. Staying on the topic of quarterbacks, Garrett Green is healthy. His ankle is in good shape, good enough to let him do what he does best. Expect to see designed runs for Green, who has displayed a great knack for making big plays with his feet. Tight end Cole Taylor could also be a bigger part of the game plan. The LSU transfer has not disappointed when given opportunities throughout this season. We invite you to join us here today on MSN. Our pregame coverage begins with the GoMart Mountaineer Tailgate Show beginning at 4 o'clock. Kickoff set to go at 7. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to you by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. 
Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. Save big money at Menards. Clearview cabinetry starts as a kitchen built for now and grows with you as life changes. It's flexible by design with full access cabinet construction. So you can go from doors to drawers for storage that works when you need it. Right now, get 11% off Clearview cabinetry and give your kitchen the upgrade it deserves. Now at Menards. Good through October 15th, savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Baby, when I met you, there was peace unknown. I set out to get you with a fine tooth comb. I was soft inside, there was something It's 8.44, quarter to the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show. The Moundsville and Mayor from uh, Mounds, the uh, manager and mayor from Moundsville are here with us this morning. Rick, uh, last time you and I talked, it was right after the uh, public forum on the possibility of putting a bus levy mm -hmm. on the ballot. You were very positive about the results of that. And you felt there was a lot of, uh, uh, of support mm -hmm. for that. What kind of feedback have you gotten since then? Well, based on the town hall, we, we had about oh, up to 30 people there. We had about... I guess, 12 speakers, and the majority of those speakers, well, actually all but probably one or two of those speakers were in favor of it. Um, we've not had a lot of um, feedback from anybody else. We did have a letter that we read at the town hall from a, uh, a group of residents who were in favor of it. Uh, we've not heard a lot about it. We did discuss it at our subcommittee meeting this past week, and I'll let Sarah talk a little bit more about that. But the uh, the subcommittee did uh, have a consensus to move the full council to, to vote on it, so it would be on our council agenda for next Tuesday night for a vote to place it on the levy, or actually to direct the attorney to draft the ordinance to place it on the November 2024 uh, ballot. And just procedurally, and then Sarah, your comments, but procedurally, council has to say we want to put this on the ballot, then it will get put on the ballot in November, then the election will be in November of the citizens of Moundsville? Just a Moundsville. Yeah, correct. Moundsville. The council will pass an ordinance that would um, allow it to go onto the ballot. And will the, the, uh, will the ordinance outline, you and I talked this before, I can't remember. Will, will the ordinance outline where the routes would go if they added routes? No, the, 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 ordinance, with the, the ordinance is just simply the, the procedural the method. Mechanism. Yeah, yeah just, just to have it put onto the ballot. Um, we have the, the route uh, in place that they're going to run during a trial run. Uh, they'll run a trial run six months prior to the election. So from whatever month that is, I'm not sure, May through November, they'll run a trial run. And they have a route with, with certain stops lined up. Um, that's going to be flexible. And as we see stops at more places, we can, we can make adjustments to those with Alberta. So, all right, but it'll, the, the, the vote of the citizens in next November, about a year from now, correct, will be to... To put a levy to to approve a levy. Hopefully. That's correct. It's that will be the funding, and then Overta and I probably with input from council or whatever will figure out exactly where the the uh, the route may be. Yes, Sarah, it, sixty percent of the voters need to pe to, to yeah, pass. Yeah, it's, it's an undemocratic levy, and it's yeah. and it's in, within the city of. Mount it's Mount. an undemocratic. And it would levy. be a four-year yeah. levy as well, so <laughs> the service yeah. would run for four <laughs> years if passed. It's an undemocratic <laughs> Democracy is, is 50 plus one. This is a 60 percent. But nonetheless, that's just my little personal gripe about things. Sarah, what are your thoughts? Personally, I've heard mostly positive thoughts about public transportation from the citizens, not only from the public hearing that we offered, but from citizens reaching out in general and from different transportation committees that exist across the region. Um, we had 
Overta representatives and the Marshall County Assessor on hand at the hearing, and I wanted to give some numbers here just so people have an idea, idea. of idea. Um, what they would be paying. So if your house has a value of $150,000, you would pay $13.33 for the first part of the year and $13.33 for the second on your personal property taxes. So that would be a total of $26.26 if your property was valued at 150000 Which is probably somewhere around where a lot of property is. Valued. Yes, yes. Now, this does increase slightly for commercial properties. For commercial properties, yearly, you would pay $52.52 if your property commercially was valued at 150000 and that would be $26.26 per half of the year. So we had him available to provide all of those statistics, which were questions that we, we were receiving and wanted to have that information available. Um, like I said, I've, I've heard many positive things about public transportation. I do think it's one of our biggest needs in West Virginia as a whole. And I think public transportation contributes to the vibrancy of a community, economic vitality, being able to get to and from work, to and from shopping places, and for individuals to just have freedom of mobility to get where they need to go in a community, um, I think is, is necessary for economic growth. A couple of, of complaints that I've heard that I, I think are really disingenuous. One is that it, it's it's too big a tax burden on the citizens. Now, nobody wants to pay any more taxes. You know, sure. I, I get it. Uh, $26 a year to help improve the city, to me, for the average citizen, you know, or higher, depending on what your property values are. I, to me, that is, that, that's... That's an investment in your community. Yep. I don't see why you can do that. The other thing that bothers me that I hear is, well, you know, we don't have that many elderly who can't get around, or we have other ways to help the elderly get around. Public transportation is not just for the elderly. Correct. Of course not. Yes. And, and I think, um, you know, even though we do have transportation through a senior center in the community, there are a lot of people that are utilizing that transportation, and um, it, it can be booked and people aren't able to get where they need to go because it is, you know, just one organization that's providing that transportation. But I think public transportation comes with the thought that it is only low-income individuals and elderly that are using it, and I, I don't think that um, is the case. It can be something that's available and, and usable for everyone. As I shared um, when we were on break, when I lived in Pittsburgh, I used public transportation to and from work every day, and there was a wide, wide variety of individuals utilizing public transportation of all ages. This is a bigger issue than just the Moundsville bus levy. I really believe that, that and I'm not criticizing Alberta, they've been making a lot of improvements lately. I think there's a lot more that could be done with public transportation here in the upper Ohio Valley uh, to make it more amenable and more usable for the average person. You know, it doesn't just have to be the elderly woman who wants to go to the doctor or to go shopping. I mean, I, I think if we made some changes... And we are. I don't, I, again, there's been some movement made in Alberta now, but I, I think there's a bigger picture that needs to be done. I'm a firm believer that a vibrant and thriving community has to have some kind of public transportation that's available for, for most people. I need to take a break. I, I, I want to pursue this further, and maybe we'll do that at, at some other point because we've got a year before. It goes we have some time. <laughs> yes. uh, but I want to get an update on how your city building is going. Sure. So we'll do that coming up next here. Watchdog Morning Show underway for a Thursday. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from 120 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit OmniPerforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies. 
the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. The world's leading manufacturer of metal closures has a key plant right here in our Ohio Valley. Technocap creates closures for food and beverages for health and beauty products with a commitment to safety, reliability, and sustainability. One of the largest solar panels in the state of West Virginia is installed over the roof of their Glendale facility. Technocap has been in Glendale for over 15 years and has a strong commitment to the Ohio Valley community. Technocap, proud to be a supporter of OVAC athletics, including the John Marshall Monarchs and Wheeling Central's Maroon Knights. With the weather changing, now's a great time to head on into your local Toyota dealer, where legendary performance and reliability go hand in hand. Check out a sporty Camry with available all-wheel drive and Toyota Safety Sense, or the spacious RAV4, turning heads with amazing fuel efficiency. And now, explore Toyota like never before, with hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and full electric options. Visit buyatoyota.com today. Offers end October 31st. Toyota, let's go places. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Promanti Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Well, life on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy like me can hack. It's early to rise, early in the sack. But thank God I'm a country boy. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm or Raising me a family and working on the farm My days are all filled with an easy country charm Thank God I'm a country boy Bob, I feel like I should be well, dancing You know, square dance or something there, what do you think? Huh? <laughs> well, Sarah's sitting there, Howard No, that would be a little embarrassing <laughs> I guess you're right Six before the hour, Thursday morning It is the uh, Moundsville and the mayor The uh, manager of the mayor from Moundsville uh, Here, uh, Sarah Woodshaw is with us And Rick Healy is with us Rick, um I haven't been down there for a while, but I didn't, didn't, it looks like you're still in your old building. I was going to go visit you and look like you're still in the old building, right? We are. Yeah. Unfortunately, we still are there. Yes. You have a new building under construction though. We do. Yeah. The building is located just, um, just east of our current structure and, uh, it is under construction and has been now for, uh, well, we signed contracts last August, so it's been a little over a year. Um, our original completion date was set for this month. Uh, as you know, we ran into some problems during the winter months with soil that we lost 55 oh, right. days yeah. there. Uh, and then we had a concrete issue that, that created some, some uh, time delay. So <clears throat> we've been set back quite a few months, but we are moving well now. Structure's going well. It's, it's, there are probably six different trades uh, working daily at the building, and, and they're doing a pretty good job of trying to keep as many things moving as they can while the other ones are catching up. How's the new building? Uh, how does the new building in the end benefit the citizens? Well, it's going to benefit the citizens a lot of way, um, in a lot of ways. Of course, it's going to be a lot more comfortable for our employees. Um, the police department is in a a, a very um, old building that's that has a lot of um, structural and um, other problems. They're going to be moving into uh, to the second floor of this facility. Uh, our offices are all cramped and the girls are in cubicles with files under their desks. So they're going to be moving into offices with a lot of storage. But for citizens, it's going to give the citizens an opportunity. The biggest thing, and, and I think we talked about it before, one of the things that we talked about the very first design meeting is we wanted a drive-through pay window. We wanted the citizens to be able to drive through in whatever type of weather. Uh, it's going to be a, a, akin to a uh, a bank window. Uh, you can pull up, pay all of your uh, city bills, water bills at this one window and move on without getting out of your car. So we think that's can a huge advantage. Can you get fries with that? Well, I don't know about fries, but th we do have a nice kitchen set into this, so we'll see. Um, but the pay window is going to be big and the opportunity of uh, the citizens to come into a nice facility. We have small meeting rooms right off the lobby. Uh, if somebody wants to meet with a building inspector about a problem, they can now go into this small meeting room and, and sit with the door shut and discuss it. Um, so, yeah, council chambers is a little larger. We'll be able to accommodate a few more people in there. Uh, Technology-wise, we're going to be much better. So 
just a, a lot of benefits for not only employees but for the citizens. It's expensive, but I guess you think it's worth it. I absolutely think it's worth it. Um, expensive is relative. We're talking uh, about $11 million maybe. Um, it's a lot of money, and we thought a lot about how we spent it. It's going to be a nice building. It's going to be beautiful, but it's not extravagant. There's nothing in this building that's uh, outlandish or, or overly uh, done. You brought us, uh, Bob and I, these nice little notebooks, uh, you know, say City of Moundsville, uh-huh. beautiful. I'm going to use mine. I bet each of you have one sitting somewhere, and inside I bet you've got things I envision Moundsville could have in oh the boy. future. Oh, boy. What's in your notebook about things? I, you got you got about a minute and a half. What's, what, what do you have in your notebook that, boy, I wish we could do sometime? Wow, that's Sarah, a big, you're, that, that's that's a big, big question. question. Yeah. Sarah, yeah. You're, you're a dreamer. You've got things in your head. That's a big question. Um, you know, I, I think we're on the right track with what we're doing in Moundsville right now. I would love to continue increasing our arts and culture offerings, have some larger festivals. Um, I know, you know, New Martinsville has the Back Home Festival where over a weekend they bring 20,000 people into right. their community. I would love us to have some sort of signature festival such as that that brings people not only from all across the state, but, you know, people come from that, from Florida, Virginia, different places, um, bringing people into the community. I want to see us continue to highlight those quality of life indicators. I think we can be looking into um, doing more in terms of economic development, bringing bringing uh, new businesses into our community, and, and we're already talking about some ways to do that. So I really think the sky's the limit for Moundsville with the administration and the city council that we have right now. Well, guys, we'll have you back here in a few weeks, uh, another six weeks or so, and we'll talk some more. I want to continue on the bus issue for sure. We've got time to do that, but I want to talk about that. And I'm curious about you. You don't have a date for the the uh, town hall meeting on. Uh, we do not. Safety. I don't have that set yet, but uh, uh, I'll most certainly let you know about it when we're going to have it. That should be interesting, guys. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. We'll, You're welcome. We'll see you again Glad in the future. Anytime, Mr. Slider, you and I, we have, we both have the calm coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Watchdog is FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News, I'm Derek Dennis. Heartbreak and horror in the war between Israel and Hamas. 25 Americans now dead and counting among 1,200 people killed overall in Israel. ABC's David Muir is there spending time in areas and homes that are destroyed. Family photos and a wedding photo here, a photo of of a father with his child. Uh, But perhaps what hits the most are these backpacks, uh, the children's school bags left right here in the open. Meantime, in Gaza, about 1,300 people killed in retaliatory airstrikes there. Survivors say water and food is in short supply and the power is out in many areas. Israel's energy minister announcing electricity will be restored to Gaza if and when captives are freed. In Tel Aviv, a pledge from Antony Blinken to Prime Minister Netanyahu. As Israel's defense needs evolve, we will work with Congress to make sure that they're met. And amid fears that this could escalate regionally, the U.S. government delivering through Blinken a stern warning. To any adversary, state or non-state, thinking of taking advantage of the current crisis to attack Israel. Don't. The United States has Israel's back. Tom Rivers, ABC News at the Foreign Desk. On Capitol Hill, the battle for a new House Speaker still not settled. House Republicans have agreed to nominate Majority Leader Steve Scalise to be the next Speaker, but so far, he doesn't have the 217 votes needed to win. And in the ongoing United Auto Workers strike, the walkout at plants is expected.